My name is Daniel Miller. I'm your servant host, and this is the Discipleship Conditioning Podcast. Anatomy Academy. On this episode of Discipleship Conditioning, we welcome you and we are excited to talk about the genuine nature of God, Jesus, and the ingenuine nature of sinful human beings. Let's begin with Matthew 22, verses 9 and 10. Go therefore, to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. Prior to this, in this parable, it's talking about sort of the elect or those that perhaps have been given the first opportunity but reject. And in their place, many are called and invited in. And as we read a little bit later, of those that arrive, of those that are called, only a select few are chosen as it reads in the ESV, with called and chosen. So we have a group of individuals that is sort of given first right to heaven, and they take it for granted. A new allotment of people willing to produce fruit is elected. And even yet, many of them elect to go to the tune of their own drum. And so few left are actually chosen. As we talked about last week in Matthew 21, there was a lot of discussion back and forth and probing back and forth between Jesus and the Pharisees. And in this chapter, the Pharisees go to the length to include the Sadducees. And at the end, we'll talk about a lawyer within the Sadducees and how he tries to catch Jesus. We hear about a group of people who have had an inheritance that they took for granted and that they elevated their status to. And then the lowly Gentiles become a group of individuals, us, largely, if you're listening from the United States and many other areas of the world for that matter, that the gospel is open to and access to heaven is provided to us through Jesus and his sacrifice 
provided we accept him as Lord and Savior and we bear fruit, as we are instructed and told that our renewed heart will produce. Yet a population of those Gentiles will not understand the severity of this opportunity and will continue their lives in their own sinful nature, operating with their own best interest in mind. Here shortly, we're going to talk about the Pharisees as humans speaking in a specific way to act polite to Jesus, but Jesus knows that's not where their heart is. And I think that is a huge analogy to where many people are at today in this world. And so I will highlight that and focus on that when we get there. But next, we have Matthew twenty-two, fourteen. For many are called, but few are chosen. This ends that parable, stating to the effect in the verses prior that the wedding guests will arrive in this parable, but some of which will not have the markings to be there, the wedding garments. So again, this parable is an example of those that have the marking of Jesus that are select, have given their life up for him and are chosen. Then right after in Matthew 22 verses 15 through 17, it reads, Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. First of all, what a wonderful compliment to not be swayed by appearances and to not care about others' opinions. As a human being, I hope people say that about me. But second, as we continue to read, we see that Jesus is aware of their malice and their intentions. So these are indicated that these words aren't coming from a truthful heart. When they say that you are true and you teach the way of God truthfully, it doesn't seem as though that they truly mean that. And let me give you a humble story in my own sin from as early as yesterday. Any of you that are running businesses are faced at some point whether you want to participate in social media or not. And many of us elect to participate. Even outside of business, many of us elect to participate in social media. And I have not had success with social media. I have never felt peace about social media. I've viewed it as a necessary evil, which I am now questioning. And 
been frustrated because the world tells me that they don't want what I have to offer. Which in a way, Romans 12.2, is quite the compliment. And I need to view it that way. But I have this immense fear that I'll die tomorrow and the knowledge that I have, I will not be able to pass and I will not be able to share. And all the hundreds of thousands of dollars that I've spent on education, yes, hundreds of thousands of dollars, will go away with me and will not be bestowed to others. And it's further exasperating when the majority of the time I'm offering my knowledge for free, not for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I realize that people don't value free, and that comes across as people don't value me, which is a lie, but an effective and clever lie. So when I read this, I think of a mistake that I made yesterday. On social media, I decided that I was going to record a video and I was going to record a video to a group of bodybuilders in this Facebook group and introduce myself, tell a little bit about my story and offer to be there if somebody needed it. And fairly quickly, not immediately, but fairly quickly, someone posted a comment on the video stating that my video was self-promotion, which went against the rules of that group, and that uh, one more strike and I was, I was out, sort of thing. And at first I was frustrated because I felt genuinely that I was trying to help individuals with the knowledge that I have. But as I sat there and thought about it, I realized how enmeshed I had become in being frustrated in the lie that is continually told to me. Getting so frustrated because I just feel like I need a break and that break's not being provided and letting my thoughts and emotions get the best of me. But as I thought about it for a while, I thought, You know, just like in Matthew 22, I think I'm acting like a Pharisee here. I think I'm trying to doll this up and say true and truth in the way of God to appeal to the recipient of the message. In this case, Pharisees to Jesus. In my case, me to these beginning bodybuilders who I think I could be of great service to But there's a business twist, right? Am I hoping that they will seek out my knowledge? Am I hoping that they will become clients in the future? Yeah, so I didn't produce that video content with pure of heart. Even though I could sit there in my pride, put my feet in the ground, and skim through the video and do my best to prove that there was at no point in time in that video that I asked for anybody's money. That would be true. But knowing my heart, I knew that that person was calling me out and regardless of what place they came from and whether 
what they were thinking in their head was true or not. I didn't post it in all genuine nature. I posted it genuinely wanting to help people, but with ulterior motives. And that's a big problem for me. And that continues to affect me as I succumb to the ways of this world. And I think about money too much. And I don't value what Jesus valued and what Jesus values. So, just as I mentioned last week, you may have arrived at church one day and felt like the sermon was designed for you. You may have opened the Bible, felt like the message was created for you. This is speaking to me. Perhaps it speaks to you as well. In Matthew 22 verses, excuse me, a single verse, verse 32 here. We read, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. Prior to this, he's challenging the Pharisees with scripture that they have either read or not read, or we would assume have read but didn't understand. So he asks them, have you read God's state in the Old Testament that I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, I am the God of Jacob, God of the living, not of the dead. Exodus 3, 6 would be the citation from the Old Testament for that specific section. Chapters ago, we talked about what the value of life would be if the person sold their soul for money extinguishing their opportunity at eternity in heaven. What would be the value? This verse brings me back to that when I read God of the living, not of the dead. If you want to live your best life today here on earth, you have that option but you are dying inside because you are worshiping a false idol. You are worshiping materialism, which is silly to think in 2024 when everything that we buy goes in the trash in a certain period of time. And we are conditioned, not like generations before where they took care of their things, but generations where we rinse and repeat and we throw things away when they have no use to us. So it makes even less sense to worship a product that you purchase, the money that it takes to purchase that product, when you'll be trading that money for a product that you will throw away in due time. Earlier today, I watched a video, not all social media is bad. This was on YouTube and there was a video of children who have had success in life, at least financially, 
who have had the right frame of mind and actually gone back and blessed their parents. And so it was accumulation of clips from all over social media put into one video. And in most cases, it was sons and daughters helping their parents pay off their mortgage. In some instances, it was buying them their dream car or whatever the case is. That's what I yearn for. Where I stumble along the way is the money that it takes to get there. At the end of the day, money is a tool. It's nothing more. But it can elevate its status as an idol if you allow it to, if you do the elevation for it. And far too often in my life, I have done the hard work of elevating money and materialism as an idol. Chapters ago, we read that you can't serve money and God. You can't serve two masters. You will either love one and despise the other. And it will wreck your life. But that video earlier today is an example of where money can be utilized to bless someone else. But for many of us, and I say us, highly emphasizing myself in that group, we have to get past the societal conditioning of the role of money because that societal conditioning of the role of money already serves it on a platter of idolship. To not conform to the ways of this world and to alter ourselves renewing our minds in God, in his word, would be contrary to the acceptance of that platter. But I step out foot of my front door and there's every opportunity for that platter to be given to me. Frankly, I don't even have to step outside the door. All I have to do is turn on the television or turn on the very dangerous smartphone. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40, we read, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. Not sure how I could go through Matthew Matthew 22 and not mention that. Even as just a reminder for us to hear the commandments of God. Highlighting those two, the first two above any else. And perhaps you relate to me in this statement, two's enough for me. I don't need three and four and five and six right now 
when I can't even subscribe consistently to one and two. I think when we have a longer list, like 10 commandments, kind of silly to think of that as a long list, but it's easy to begin skimming. And okay, I, I do that. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, I do that. But, but do I? So I'm going to marinate on one and two in the coming week and make sure I understand every letter within those verses and within those commandments. It's like faith. Talked about it a lot over recent weeks. You can read through it pretty quickly. Yeah, I have faith. But then you read things from Matthew 21 last week and chapters before that of having the amount of faith that you could yield a mountain into the ocean. Previously before that, faith of that of a mustard seed. Just a little bit of faith. How often do we just read through that five-letter word and just go on to the next? I personally can't participate in a read the Bible in a year plan because at the end of the year, I'll have highlights, of course, and different stories that stood out more than the rest. But it'll almost be a feather in my cap, so to speak, or so to speak, not sort to speak. So to speak, that only fuels my pride on I completed the Bible in a year. I have to go at a slower pace and read a chapter over and over for a week, perhaps even longer, to marinate on the message. I've mentioned before that I'm a deep thinker, so that suits me well. But I would challenge you to do the same. Don't just read Faith of a Mustard Seed and go on to the next verse. What is, what is it saying? Get commentary if you need. Listen to podcasts like these if you need. But more importantly, be in your Bible and read the same verses over and over and over again until we truly understand what is being commanded and what was written. We'll conclude with Matthew 22, verse 45. It's in relationship to how the Pharisees see David and how they see the Messiah, translated as Christ. They admit that they define the Christ as the son of David. Jesus says, among other things, in verse 45, If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And to go a verse further, it concludes this chapter by saying, and no one was able to answer him a word. Nor from that day did anyone dare 
to ask him any more questions. Pretty impactful that people we would label as successful and intelligent like lawyers here previously in our verses that we read before 36 through 40. That was in reference to a lawyer associated with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. These people continue to challenge Jesus and make him stumble over his words. Probably met somebody like that in your life that thinks they're smarter than you. And they challenge you with their intellect and try to get you to stumble upon your words. Maybe you've been in a a debate with someone. Maybe a debate online where that's been the case. But unlike our ability to falter, especially if we're wrong, Jesus wasn't wrong. He never committed a sin. And he knew the law better than they did. And he applied it better than anyone ever could have. And no matter their status, lawyer, politician, whatever, they continued to look foolish based on his answers because it was clear he understood the law and its application more than they did or ever would. But as the story continues, their pride gets in the way, their feelings get hurt, and they elect to do what we all know is going to happen in the coming chapters. So if you're like me and your pride has been hurt and your feelings have been hurt as of late, figure it out. Until next time, I love you and God bless. We want to sincerely thank you for listening to today's episode and conclude properly with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Brother, thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that this show is bringing you joy. It's bringing you peace. It's increasing your proximity to God. And it's helping you add on serious muscle mass. That's what God's provided us the gift to do. It's to understand how the human body works, to put as much muscle on it as possible, which we understand is a unique challenge, not present to everyone, but it's a challenge that's present to you and I. And so we hope that today's episode and all episodes are encouraging you and helping you in that endeavor. Now, if you're like me and you're listening to this part of the episode, you probably are the type that has to listen to the entire episode or it doesn't count. Or maybe you're just stuck in traffic and you can't turn the podcast episode off at this point in time. Or maybe you are like me and when you read a book, you have to read the entire book, including the copyright information. I know, it's a silly, silly endeavor. But we are the way that we are and God made us perfectly. We are the only creation of His 
that is made in his image. And with that in mind, I'd like to encourage you further and provide you a couple resources that will be of immense benefit for you. The first is a one repetition maximum calculator. This calculator is made through a spreadsheet and it's laid out very well for you to estimate how strong that you have got over a specific period of time. There is a video on this landing page as well that'll instruct you how to use it. But if you need further instruction, please go to our homepage at biblicalanatomyacademy.com and schedule a coffee session with me where we can talk about the uh, one repetition maximum calculator. To get the one repetition maximum calculator, you'll want to go to biblicalanatomyacademy.com slash one RM. You'll enter in your name and email and you'll get access immediately to the spreadsheet that we have created. Also of value would be a template to get you started as you begin to design new programs to break through plateaus as we instruct. This program that we have, this template, utilizes all the percentages that we preach and we believe is the best tool for you to break through those plateaus. You can access it at biblicalanatomyacademy.com template. You enter your name and email and you'll get an immediate download for the spreadsheet that we have created that allows you to put any of your exercises in, any of those one repetition maximums in, and use the document for success long term. Again, if you need assistance with either of those spreadsheets, the one repetition maximum calculator, or the template we have created at Biblical Anatomy Academy, please go to our homepage at biblicalanatomyacademy.com, scroll down, and click the green button for coffee, and we'd be happy to meet with you over a cup of coffee, or water, or pre-workout, or a protein shake, whatever suits you best, so we can instruct you moving forward in life, in fitness, and in love. We thank you for being here. We thank you for listening all the way to the conclusion. Uh, we hope that you listen to a further episode and enjoy, and we hope to have future correspondence with you. God bless, and we love you. <laughs>